0: Welcome to episode seven of Real Nurse Stories. In this episode, I interview midwife about her career history. We have de-identified this episode to protect her anonymity. And the reasons for that are that in this interview, she openly shares um, some difficult personal situations in the course of her work as a midwife that... um, deal with pressure, stress, burnout, and grief. And the whole purpose of um, doing these interviews is to allow nurses to share their stories so that other nurses and midwives listening to those stories can relate to some of those things that are talked about. Sometimes there's a reluctance in nursing and midwifery to be able to share some of those experiences in such a candid way that occurs in this interview. I think the other thing that I really wanted to say about this interview is that sometimes just the very process of storytelling can be cathartic for people who've been on the show and those comments have been said about the therapeutic benefits to that person of sharing their story this episode is also an example of how personal and team resilience can be depleted and there are lots of examples throughout the interview where the midwife openly acknowledges that sometimes she didn't know how to protect herself and sometimes that the team put everyone else before themselves and it's very difficult for people working in a pressured environment to be able to look after their own health and well-being in a situation that's very stressful and very pressured. If you've been affected by any of these um, issues in this story, there is a contact number for a national nurse midwife helpline at the beginning of this episode and if you feel that you would like some help around building personal or team resilience then my contact details are also um, in the episode. Welcome to the Real Nurse Stories podcast. Hey Eva,
1: nice to be here.
0: That's great, that's nice to have you here. You're actually um, the first midwife that I've had the opportunity to interview about their career so I'm really quite pleased about that because yeah I think it's it's good to have a midwife perspective in there and not, not all just nurses.
1: Yeah.
0: So if we could maybe start at, at the beginning if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about how you started your career as a midwife that would be yeah. a good starting place
1: <laughs> okay well i i wanted to be a nurse when i was younger but i had my children uh first one unexpectedly at 21 um and um so then i stayed at home um and then I went into childcare. So over in the UK you can do like what they call family childcare. Um, yeah. It was child mining over there. So I did that for up until three children. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um and then we moved. Um my dad retired, the youngest was starting school. I was kind of like, mm, now I want to do something. I want to do something for me. Um so they, I, I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to look after sick people. Mm. Although you get sick people in midwifery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, 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 I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. So I decided I'd try for midwifery. So direct entry midwife. Um. They had a due a May intake over in the UK. So I um applied. I got in first time. Um, and I was. 38 ish, I think. (laughs) Coming up to 40, anyway. Yeah. Um, And um, it was um, a struggle. Yeah. I remember my first day of placement, I had a midwife say to me, This is on the postnatal ward in a a large London National Health Service hospital. If you come back tomorrow, you'll finish your degree. And I went back the following day. (laughs) (laughs) So I finished my degree um i always had the intention to come to australia um i just found my passion i i, I think it it just fell into place everything just fell into place and it was right mm. um i wouldn't say it was exactly what i was looking for mm. but it once i started it was right mm. um yeah so I before I qualified um I put out feelers to hear um I got um, um an interview in London um and got applied. Uh, got got offered a job um and relocation um I actually practiced as a a um, community midwife in the UK for yeah. um 11 months that was most qualifying um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I I really enjoyed. So it was more of a team midwifery. Um, So, you know, you'd still do your shifts in birth suite and postnatal ward, and then you'd do all your your GP clinics and your bookings and everything else. Yeah. Postnatal stuff. Um, It was fairly full on, 12 hour days most of the time. Um, I do do 12 hour days now. Um, So, Yeah, then I came to Australia, and it's basically where most of my career has been. Has been in Australia. Yeah, but it was a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, I was just
0: going to ask you that, about the differences, you know, because, well, I would imagine there's lots of differences having trained in a busy uh, London hospital to then moving to Australia. How did you manage with that?
1: I really struggled yeah Yeah. <laughs> really struggled um I'd also you know moving a whole family I had yeah. a 19 year old a 17 year old and a oh, nine year old yeah but that uh, came with me um that was a struggle um you know transport not knowing distances to places you know I thought you know I used to walk to work <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> um yeah, so, yeah, it was a major struggle and um, the private side of things, I wasn't very aware of mm. out here. Mm. Um, I didn't realise it was predominantly private, mm. uh, you know, um, and I didn't, you know, and it's funny, you know, in the National Health Service, they all have the same policies, procedures you know, across the board. So everybody knows everything, you mm. know. Well, not everything, but they know what's what, mm. you know. So if I went and worked at another trust, it would be the same. Mm. Um, Whereas things are different from obstetrician to obstetrician or, you know, here. Mm. Um, I struggled with that a lot. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. But used to get told to just be quiet pretty much. <laughs> 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 They're getting paid, you know. Um, so I, I sought, um, um, or what would you say? I sought a similar path to the UK. So I, um, I went into midwifery group practice, um, and I did that for seven years. Um, gave me way more autonomy, uh, better relationships with the women and families, um, I did five years of mainstream women. Okay, so yeah, then I went into um, another group um, with a more diverse group of women um, with English not as their first language. Um, And that had always kind of been my passion to do that, but it became a real struggle um, with the language barriers um, and the culture... I mean, they were, they were all beautiful people, um, but it was very difficult to get messages across. Um, they wouldn't call you because you're on call 24 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, five, five days a week. Uh, they wouldn't call you. They'd just go to the hospital. So you didn't have that preempt of I'm going to have to go in or be able to talk them into taking a Panadol and seeing how things are going or yeah. having a discussion with them regarding whether their waters are broken or not or whether they they are you know bleeding or if it's something that needs to go to the hospital so um it would be like a three hour round trip to give someone a panadol you know and it was um became quite a struggle for me Uh, the group dynamics wasn't fabulous either um the team that i went into um and that put an extra strain on so i think after 7 years <laughs> 5 years of mainstream and 2 years with the other group um i was burnt out um so i approached our uh, head of midwifery because it's a pretty open organisation and asked if i could transfer have a comment into birth suite mm-hmm. um, which um she was happy for me to do um Still had to interview for it. <laughs> um, and then um, I, I went over as a level one um, registered midwife. Um, and yeah, I just um, started to grow again. Mm. Um, you know, the education, things that, you know, in the group practice, you know, where everything is normal and that's fine and it mm. should be, mm. um, majority of the time. Um, I, I just started to learn. We, we, and and the unit was developing as well so it gave me uh, an opportunity to do obstetric triage um early pregnancy all sorts of other things mm. as well so mm. they allowed me to learn and grow and i think that's where i thrive mm. um, when i've got a challenge um and then i um took um yeah then i um, interviewed for a level two position a clinical midwife position um a couple of times I'm not the best at interviews <laughs> um, um and yeah so I need a bit of coaching and a bit of feedback on a few things and then um they they started a rotational clinical midwife position so I got a, that position yeah so, and that's just yeah and that's um just rolling on at the moment so um I've been leading the or two parts of the unit. There's three parts. Mm. Um haven't done the third part yet. Um but yeah, no, it's um it's been interesting.
0: It sounds it <laughs> sounds interesting. It's
1: it, it does is, it's interesting on a from being the registered midwife to being in my room looking after women mm. to stepping up to leading the unit. Um there's so much I didn't realize was actually happening behind the scenes. Mm. Um, so much political stuff and, <laughs> um, backbiting. Mm. Um, can and, I, yeah. can I just go back to some about
0: burnout? Because mm-hmm. I think it's one of those topics, um, that does sometimes come up in other interviews that I've done with um, Mm. nurses. And I just, if you're happy to, I would just like to explore that a little bit more with you in terms of how did you recognise that you had burnout? Well,
1: because I would cry every time the phone went off. Yeah. So I had a friend that was with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I would cry and not want to go back in and just want to sleep and um, be confrontational with, um, you know, you have to come back in. No, I don't. I don't want to. Um, yeah. Whereas I'd never been like that. Um, I'm very passionate about caring for my <laughs> women. And I think I've probably put them first in some situations Mm. above my own family Mm. um um, how did i recognize it i think i just started to headbutt with people as well yeah i don't think it was a recognition of i'm burnt out i Mm. think it was you keep trying to go for the women and the team um not wanting to admit that yeah yeah Mm. you are burnt out um
0: did you admit that to anybody then
1: back oh gosh yes i did yeah i did look i'd had some issues in my personal life too um which had been quite massive um but in the team i've been in before we got through that they were such a much better team A more supportive team to Mm. it wasn't i didn't have those issues then in this next team but it just didn't fit right no and i don't think that um helped the situation Mm. at all there wasn't as much give and take Mm. was
0: there was there support for you at that time when you were struggling with the you know those feelings and and the kind of emotional behaviors that that was um that the burnout was causing did you have any support as a midwife at that time
1: not within midwifery I no say outside of midwifery yes i had my partner um who's always been very supportive of whatever i want to do mm. um, but he is a new partner too so we've mm. only been together for five years mm. um, um and he was supportive of me changing to the new team um but was also supportive of me you know going back to uh core midwifery Mm. so um uh, i don't yeah i don't know it's difficult to say whether it was the kind of support i needed Mm. or whether they were We had a team leader who was outside of our team. So she she was a team leader for the NUM or whatever you would call her Mm. for all the group practices um, who you could go to. Mm. Um, But uh, I don't know that you'd always get the responses you wanted. (laughs) I wouldn't say she didn't want to be supportive. I think within the organisation they are tied to... You know they have um peer, you know pressure from above and mm. pressure from the bottom, mm. and they're kind of sandwiched in the middle of that and and it's it's hard for them um and I've only really just noticed that being the clinical yeah lead now, yeah, how much of that they must get, yeah um the managers or the numbs mm. you know so um. So really your
0: support came from external sources yeah. and it, from what you you've described there you changed to a different position so that kind of alleviated the stressful situation that you were in at the time.
1: Yeah and yeah. I suppose I was fortunate that the, that I could do that yeah um not everyone can within an organization you know if you can't do the job then it's time to move on but you know they were um, supportive of me Mm. moving into the hospital Mm. rather than being community-based which is good
0: do you think that those kind of feelings of stress and burnout is that common in midwifery
1: yeah i think we all have mental health sick days yeah um, quite a lot um we we are a very close team um and the majority of people are very supportive um but you've just got those few people you know that kind of don't help the situation yeah um I know it's, it's hard it's hard to know I think a lot of people have their own issues outside of work as well mm. um, we have really good managers really good managers who you can go to mm. and I don't think there's anything you couldn't go to them for mm. um, but I don't think but as I said they're restricted from what yeah
0: the other side of it yeah the pressures in relation
1: to the actual service yes, that's yeah that's right yeah. yeah yeah but um you know I had a conversation with my manager the the other week about you know staying in the clinical midwife position because you know taking the step back down mm. is quite daunting um yeah. to allow somebody else to rotate into that place which is you know a big thing I suppose to be able to do that but you know i had a, a chat with her and she was you know she said like if if i could i'd give you all the job you know yeah. but she can't no. So, no because she's she's got her hands tied too mm. so, um but they you know we can go into their office and shut the door and cry and and all sorts of things mm-hmm. and we've had a lot go on within our unit with you know are external to the job but it has a huge impact on us Mm. so we're all pretty close and um, yeah I was just going
0: to say that as a team certainly as a midwifery team from how you're describing that it it sounds like you are a close knit team in that
1: sense yeah we are yeah but like I said I didn't realize the politics (laughs) and the behavior of some people i do remember one of the clinical midwives before i stepped up said you know it will be a um a rapid lesson in people's personalities Mm. and it has been (laughs) so um and i think i'm still finding my place within that Mm. um i want to do right by the you know the client. Uh, and and the organisation and by myself. Mm. Um, And it's hard to challenge people who have been, you know, in that role for a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, But try and have the, you know, the assumption that we've all come to work to do good. No one wants to hurt anyone. We're there because we want to be there. So... Yeah, there's lots of challenges in there, aren't there, really? And I, I don't think because, you know, I'm leading the team that I'm the best. Uh, you know, I, I know there are people that will know more than I know or have done things, you know, that I haven't done. Um, and I'm more than open to conversations, discussions, mm. um, working as a team you know Mm. be that from a doctor to a junior midwife Mm. you know who may have learned something new midwifery you know at the end of her her qualifying or whatever that we haven't you know been Mm. exposed to yet Mm. so you know I'm I don't I want to make them feel that they're better yeah that you know that they come to work to learn and to do better um Mm. I don't want to and I think that's lost in some cases it's we it's so stressful, so busy, twenty four seven. Yeah, that, um, that gets lost because you you just under that stress and pressure all the time. Um, we very rarely have downtime. We yeah. very rarely get breaks, um, and it's not because you know we don't want to. We, as a team, put everyone else before ourselves. Mm-hmm um and our bosses try and tell us to go have breaks go and have your breaks make sure you get your breaks there's no reason you shouldn't have your breaks but you know you don't want to go and have your break when you're you know your rm still not had her break or she's still doing you know the the pharyngex and things like that yeah, you know yeah. so you you wouldn't wouldn't do that no so um I can understand how people become a bit bitter um, and aren't open to other people's mm. um, thoughts or, mm. you know, or insight. You know, um.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? When the pressure is on, it kind of is passed down the line and that doesn't make it right or excuse it, but you, you can see how that creates this pressure cooker of circumstances and you know impacts on everybody really in the team and yeah. you know taking breaks if you're to take a break and somebody else doesn't then that must evoke those feelings of guilt to, you know yeah. on a personal level and it's it's yeah it's all kind of in that almost like a hamster wheel isn't it of being busy being pressured and that that drives that huge amount of stress and yeah. as we know if if that's left unchecked that that does yeah. lead lead to burnout and i think you know Absolutely. midwifery is a, a tough job for that reason really because the sheer volume of women and deliveries and care and it's a high pressured environment with no up, I mean, really
1: yeah like our pregnancy assessment unit um can have 80 to 120 women through in a day mm. you know and and that's just rock up so you know um and then there's appointments and stuff as well so it can be really full-on mm. really full-on mm. through the day um when it's funny enough though when we had the the covid lockdown (laughs) we didn't get many people come (laughs) (laughs) i
0: have so many nurses have said that to me recently you know that's been experience i think australia parts of australia anyway seem to have uh, fared better than people thought so yeah Yeah, uh,
1: that was a very stressful time as well Mm. i think for all Um, you know all the changes that had to be in place you know different updates you know all the time and how we were going to manage it and you know Mm. the rooms and we had to be so careful Mm. so I think that added another layer of stress on top of a stressful-ish environment anyway Mm. Um, I mean I do you know I kind of have this philosophy we can only do what we can do you know we can't do more than we can no. with what we've got. No. Um, but, yeah, that just, I think, added a layer on top for mm-hmm. a period of time there, mm-hmm. um, which became quite stressful. So...
0: How do you personally manage those stresses, you know, outside of work? Do you have strategies that you use to try and keep you kind of on an even keel? (laughs) Um,
1: I like to meet my friends. I like to um, do stuff with my husband now. Yeah. Yeah. it <laughs> um, oh strategies gosh kind of
0: for leaving do you have any kind of strategies for leaving work at work you know so you're kind of coming home and you how do you declutter from that when Ooh, you've had I a stressful
1: been, day yeah i think i've just learned to either bury it <laughs> Or my partner about it. My husband about it. Yeah. Um, and I've also always said to him, I don't expect you to fix it. I just need you to listen to me. Yeah. yeah. And he does. He just listens. I think he might be coming home. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, he just listens. And that's really good to be able to, to offload it. I think the loss of a baby at whatever stage I still struggle with. Yeah. You've,
0: you've shared that on your um, questionnaire as one of the most difficult things or difficult parts of being a midwife um, you've put here is grief and that mm that's in relation to somebody losing a baby
1: yeah
0: yeah.
1: So yeah the first time it ever happened to me i was a student and the woman came in um to our i think it was an epau no it wasn't it was um oh i can't remember what they called it in the uk anyway she came in just for a ctg at 38 weeks um and i had a bradycardic fetal heart. Um, They rushed us straight through to scan and then um, straight to theatre and the baby didn't survive. Had high drops and I grieved that for weeks. I had a physical pain Mm. in my chest. Um, I didn't have a very supportive partner at the time who just said, well, you chose to do the job. Um, which, so I went to my parents who were fabulous, mm. um, and cried a lot. Mm. Um, but I, I still get that horrible feeling in your gut. Yeah. I seem to just manage to bury it a bit better within me now. I've had some awful situations um, but you try and make the best of it for the women. Yeah. Um, for the families. Um, and one in particular within group practice who was supported through her labor. And I remember saying to, her saying to me, I, I, I just want to be a mum. And I said to her, You are. You are a mum. Yeah. You're still yours um sorry i really really struggle with it
0: yeah
1: i could not cope with it if it was mine i know i couldn't cope Mm. if that if i was in that situation Mm. so yeah i don't know what support receive in
0: those situations because the, the You know, those are traumatic events for the mother and the father and also for the staff.
1: Again, we have the external support um, that we can go to, which is free of charge. Um, I'm a talker, so I'll talk it out or or, or someone. Um, Don't generally... They don't debrief <laughs> they've started to yeah uh, in the uk we debriefed all the time yeah so that was something and you only know, you had supervisor of midwives um so i i've tried to take on that role with other people um to allow them to debrief to me as well um when I can, but they've they've started to do that now, yeah. so it's it's getting better. Um, but um, yeah, so I've had yeah some terrible awful situations with neonatal death or um, fetal. Um, so I had one in particular where they were an Indian couple, and mother the mother being the matriarch wanted to be in control. So I had to, um, you know, adjust the situation to have to remove her in the best possible way I could from mm. the room mm. um, because they didn't want to see the baby or hold the baby or do anything with the baby. And that was because that's what she wanted. Mm. Um, so I, I had a chat with the husband and, you know, you know, and said, like, you know, I don't think um, you should have to worry about your wife and your mother. Um, so it might be better if she waited outside. Um, and so we managed to do that and had, it was a pretty awful delivery as well. Um, she, we ended up with a sh- shoulder dystocia. I couldn't get the baby out. Um, I had to get two consultants in. They did get it out in the end, but she ended up with like a fourth degree tear. Mm. But they, that aside, they actually wanted to be with their baby. So he dressed his baby and put a nappy on his baby and she held her baby. And, you know, so you can make some good yeah. out of a bad situation because mm. I don't think they would have forgiven themselves if they hadn't have done that. No. So trying to read a room and read a situation is a, as big a part of it as caring for them. I always say I'm just an observer. In yeah. their birth, yeah. I'm there to keep them and their baby safe. Yeah. Um, to the best of my ability. Um, I'm not there to control it. Um just to be supportive. Um and give them the best best, you know, outcome I can possibly give them. Mm-hmm. So they're not always good outcomes, but mm-hmm. yeah there's some real
0: challenges there aren't there in terms of you know you've you've got the we've covered kind of the nature of the work of being a midwife and the pressure and the stresses and then you've got those situations tragic situations where there's a a loss of a baby and Mm -hmm. you know that just the whole dealing with that in an environment where there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress already, mm. is hugely, hugely challenging both for a, yeah. on a team level and a personal level. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. Yeah, and we have some um, some very sick mothers too. Mm. Yeah. Um, the worst. I don't think we. I don't think we've had a. a a mother's death for a while—that's pretty awful mm. as well. Um, you know, because it's—it's it's, it's, midwifery is yes, it's it's medical, but it's about life.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: So that's where it becomes a massive struggle and against what we go to work to do. Mm. Although we are aware that that is part of it. Mm. It's something that we don't anticipate on a daily basis. No. You know, whereas if you worked in oncology or, you know, gynae uh, or something, I don't know, ICU, I don't know, you know, you you kind of you're more likely to have that situation yeah
0: yeah yeah it's more it's more expected isn't it in that yeah. regard yeah. i think yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. what's the one thing if you had the opportunity to influence somebody in authority what would be the one thing that you would perhaps ask them for in relation to what we've talked about
1: today, maybe just to listen a bit more. Listen to us. Mm. Listen to what we're telling you. I understand that you know you have budgets and whatever, but you your organisation wouldn't run without us. Oh, no. um, so just listen to us. Listen. Um, I find it really hard to accept that it's a business. (laughs) Mm. Giving birth is a business. Mm. Um, I think all women should have the opportunity to have the birth that they would like. Mm. um, In a setting that they would like. I would like. um home births (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um birth centers um i would wish for women not to have to i I know it's a massive country it's not london it's not england Mm -hmm. i know there isn't a hospital down the road and i know there isn't a midwife to go to your house and and you know birth your babies but i think it's doable you know i think they try i just think control isn't theirs yet not like it is in the UK, mm. where it's midwifery-led. So,
0: what do you think the value would be if they listened to the staff? What would be the value for the,
1: the workplace? We would have more satisfaction. Mm. We would be happier. Mm. Um, we would be providing a service that women want. Mm there would be better outcomes for the babies. I think society in general mm. would, would um, prosper from that. Birth mm. is either incredibly traumatic or, <laughs> or very joyful. I wouldn't say it's both. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. And I yeah. think that start... From my own experience Mm. with my first child, um, that start lays all the foundations for that
0: Mm.
1: journey ahead Mm. as a mother and a child, Mm. um, which then impacts on their life Mm. um, and how they see things. And I think that's what I got out of the group practice
0: Mm.
1: was helping women on that journey those first few weeks Mm. um of support and someone on the end of the phone and telling them that it's okay to think this is terrible and you're you know and it's okay for your house to be a mess and it's Mm. okay for you to still be in your pajamas when your husband comes home from work Mm. it's okay it doesn't have to be wonderful but we're here for you we've got you back
0: Mm.
1: and I think that's what culture needs society needs yeah on all levels um and all backgrounds um i think the indigenous population should be allowed to birth how they want to birth and we should be allowed to birth how we want to birth and you know they should birth um on their own land you know Mm. how how it should be for them Mm. Because, again, you know, we're just going through that whole cycle again. I think I think it's a massive part of how your life or how the child's life develops. Mm. is that initial bond between you and that baby. And if you have a traumatic time bringing that child into birth, be it because you're not getting the birth you want or... Um, in the in the setting that you want, or I don't know the mode of delivery, whatever it's it's just yeah, it's just impacting on how you move forward as mm. a family or as a mother and a child. That's how I see it, anyway. Mm. 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 Uh, am I making my point clear? I don't yes,
0: know I yes, you are. You're making that. You're making a really valid point about the benefits really of group practice both for the mother and the family going forward and I think ultimately that's what every new parent wants is a positive experience and to know that there's somebody that they can call on you know for those moments where they don't know whether they 're doing the right thing, I think is yeah. a huge part of kind of going through becoming a, a new mum, particularly mm. and a new dad because dad's dads struggle with that too, and I think yeah. I, it, I, I, my reflections, I think as you 're talking it, were how difficult that must be, having worked in a group practice before and having seen how that model works and the benefits of that model and the closeness of that work to almost the opposite end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. yeah you know it must be that must be really challenging for you on a personal level because you've seen how that model can work and in a positive way and you know the point you made about if the the organization was to listen you know how we use feedback not just from staff but from people who use the service so the mums and the dads and their experiences those
1: are try there is a you know a, a working group um and there is um users of the organization on those groups mm. um you know, and then there's a normal birthing group and um, and everything, but it's just you know, getting across the finish line with things mm. is such a difficult struggle. Mm. Just, you know, why can't we have a birthing centre, mm. you know? Other hospitals have a birthing centre, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know? I don't know. It all comes down to money and... Um, litigation I suppose
0: mm,
1: mm. so whereas we come at it from a different angle it's about you know giving them the best giving women and families the best yeah,
0: yeah. we
1: can possibly give them yeah you know, and we may whinge at times and we may <laughs> get frustrated you know that god you're here because you have a toothache go away <laughs> you know <laughs> but it's um, yeah yeah, you know, I think it, it's, it's what we our, our aim is anyway. Yeah.
0: What advice would you give to somebody who's starting out? and their career as a midwife what would you what would you what advice would you give them
1: a few things spring to mind um of kind of like protect yourself um I, oh, don't, I, I give too much of myself so you need to protect yourself and it's really hard not to give because um, these women are so vulnerable at this stage, stage of their lives well these families are so vulnerable um, becoming parents for the first second third fourth fifth whatever time it is mm-hmm. they're vulnerable but you have to keep a bit back for yourself. Mm. Um, don't give everything. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. It's so hard not to. Um, find a way of debriefing. Mm. Even if you seek it out yourself, which is what I tend to do. Yeah. Um I'll go and find someone, um, or you know, another team member, or whatever. Um, even if we don't have a formal debrief, mm. um, well, that's so, good
0: advice. That's good
1: advice. Yeah, um, I do think, like midwifery group practice, it's really hard not to because you're there on the end of the phone, twenty-four-seven. But if you're a core midwife, you can switch it off. Mm. You can if you haven't had an event. Yeah. That, her, you know, if you've had an event where something hasn't gone well, you may need to bring it home.
0: Mm.
1: But, you know, if you if you bring home the good stuff too. Mm. Yeah. You know, I had a beautiful birthday. Yeah. Everything was wonderful. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, yeah. That's all I can really. I don't know. I don't know how to protect myself. So sometimes it's hard to give advice. Yeah. Yeah. To people, you you're human. These things are going to have an impact on you. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you're, you're, you've got two lives in your hands. So, if. Um, you know something doesn't go how you think it's going to go or there's an emergency or whatever just talk about it Mm -hmm. reflect on it don't I think we tend to hold ourselves responsible Mm -hmm. what did I do wrong what if I'd done this
0: yeah
1: if what if what if what if you know, and um, what if he had done that, and it would still been the same outcome, and what if he had done that and it 'd still been the same outcome and over and over and over again
0: um, and that's that 's where debrief comes in isn 't it really because it it helps stop that looping that people do, that going back over it the what ifs had I done something different, did I miss something? you know the yeah. debriefs are so powerful really as a tool okay. to help people understand yeah. there's sometimes you know that it, there's nothing that you could have done any differently there's sometimes right. things we can learn but yeah. you you did the best you could do at that point in time and I think that's it it's about having those tools having access to those tools and having the understanding within an organization about how important that is because when that isn't there yeah. that, exactly what you've described there is what people go through and that's not helpful always mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know on a personal level yeah yeah so thinking about your midwifery career as a, mm-hmm. as a whole What would you
1: most like to be remembered for? Being being privileged to be there. Yeah. Being privileged to be there for three, or three of your babies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The relationships that I've built with them, watching these children grow up, um, and you know, I was the first person to touch them, the first person to see them um and being trusted with that yeah. role um yeah. three times or four times <laughs> you know uh, that I obviously made some difference to them
0: yeah
1: yeah and that that was important to yeah. them
0: yeah
1: that's what I want to be remembered for. yeah
0: and that's that's the positives isn't it of yeah. The role, really, the privilege of yeah. being there, right at the very yeah. beginning of life, really, for that yeah. baby family couple, yeah. you know, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. huge, huge privilege. Yeah, and that's the reward, I, I guess,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it that's... is. It is the reward. I still get excited for every birth. My adrenaline is up here every birth, push <laughs> every baby out. <laughs> Yeah, you know so yeah yeah that is that is the reward yeah
0: well thank you for taking the time today and for your honesty about you know the challenges and your feelings around things that have happened and the difficulties that you've faced because I think it's always important for other midwives to realize that they're not the only ones who may have had similar experiences to you and i think for people listening you know that's the purpose of, of these interviews is so that yeah. people can not feel alone and i i really want to thank you for your honesty today in sharing because it's it's not always talked about in terms of how we feel about things and
1: how difficult things are so thank you if it makes a difference then i'm glad good thank you for allowing me to be to get my story out (laughs) there
0: you're very welcome